News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Well, now it's time to talk uh, sport, and I'm joined by Kathleen McNamee from Off the Ball. Kathleen, good morning. Morning, Pat. I thought we kind of had to, in our minds what we were going to talk about, and then suddenly we get news from Tottenham late last night that uh, Antonio Conte is unsurprisingly <laughs> gone. Yeah, I think everyone saw this coming at some stage, especially after that rant he went on at the 3 3 draw with Southampton just before the international break started, where he called out players, the people who own the club, and everyone in between. Um, so Tottenham released a statement at 20 past 10. 10 last night, which is a little bit weird timing, you have to say, for a Sunday evening. But he is out after 16 months in charge. They say it was a mutual decision between the two parties. I'd say it was an argument over the parting cash. <laughs> I'd say it was. And I'd say he's probably owed a fair bit of money um, after leaving with only a couple of, I think there's about 10 games left in the mm-hmm. season. So generally, whenever you have a contract like that, there is a little bit of money to get. So his assistant, uh, Christian Stellini, has been named acting head coach for the rest of the season. And Ryan May who we all know took over Spurs the last time this happened as his assistant. There was a little bit of back and forth about who might be there. I think a lot of people expected Ryan Mason to take over again. Um, but both of them have done a great job when Conte was out for that month getting after his gallbladder surgery. So they'll be hoping that they'll be able to, to get a bit of a form before the end of the season. Now, uh, let's talk about the big match uh, tonight and uh, the the most difficult possible start for Stephen Kenny in this campaign. Yeah, Ireland versus France tonight in the Aviva. An absolute sellout. Massive stars coming to town. Kylian Mbappe, the new captain, who's looking to surpass Platini's record tonight. If he gets three goals, he will surpass another French legend. Um, I mean, when you look at the sort of players that they're going up against, I saw, I think it was Gavin Comiskey writing in the Irish Times today saying that a midfield trio of Knight, Malumbi and Cullen are going against Real Madrid, Juventus and Atletico Madrid against Derby County, West Bromwich Albion and Burnley. So <laughs> it kind of sums it up quite well what we're up against. Uh, I think Stephen Kenny will be happy enough if he keeps the score low tonight. Obviously France beat Netherlands 4-0 over the weekend. That was a very impressive display from them. Uh, Kenny himself did say that they're not going to do the whole let's play five at the back and two in midfield and and just mm. park the bus. He said that they've worked hard on their possession stats and that they want to show that against France. They may have worked hard at it, but I don't know if they're quite there that they no. can do it against France. Um, selection difficulties. I, I mean, uh, the man of the match against Latvia, Will Smallbone. Possibly not in the squad, unlikely. Uh I mean, Stephen Kenny didn't really give away. He said he definitely put in a performance to make it a bit of consideration, but I don't think many are expecting him to start. One of the main um, injury woes that we have going into this is Callum O'Dowda has injured himself and he is likely to be replaced by James McLean. And that really takes away a bit of the speed that we hoped we would have, which is what you kind of need when you're playing a team against France, Mm -hmm. if we have any hope of getting a counter-attack going. Yeah, it. um, I think the big task... Obviously, if you could win, great. If you could draw, that'd be great too. If you can avoid a humiliating defeat, that is kind of the minimum we want. Yeah, exactly. And look, like I think uh, we started the game against Latvia really well last week and people were optimistic and then they got a couple of goals and it was a bit topsy-turvy. But this team is going to be slightly different in that we will have, you know, John Egan didn't start last week because mm. Stephen Kenny doesn't need to know how John Egan plays. He already knows that. So it will be a different team and hopefully we can get some sort of a result. All right. And... Uh, 
whether Seamus Coleman is fit to play. Apparently he played a little bit of the training session. Some journalists were allowed in for 15 minutes and he did play that. And from what they understand, he played the whole session. So hopefully he's all right with that tie strain. All right, uh, GAA, lots of action, including the return of Stephen Cluxton. Yes, this was absolutely mental uh, on Sunday whenever I was on Twitter and all of a sudden I saw these photos of Stephen Cluxton in a training top and I was like, what is going on here? I thought maybe it was people, some big anniversary and they were posting back, but no, he apparently his name was read over the intercom at Croke Park and there was audible gasps from the crowd. (laughs) Desi Farrell was relatively tight-lipped on what, came about from his return obviously Cluxton left the Dublin setup in a bit of a, a mist of curiosity from people because there wasn't really any big falling out there was no public thing um, but Dublin's goalkeeper situation at the moment is a little bit difficult with Evan Coverford coming back from that injury and Desi Farrell just said that Cluxton had always said if you need someone to help you out I'll be there so, and he was and he was and the interesting question for it now will be is he just playing for the bench or is he going to actually challenge for a starting position mm. Desi Farrell seemed to be implying that he would be Anyway, uh, Dublin one sixteen to Louth's uh, 1-6. So no great romance for Louth. No, no great romance there. Although they did put it up to them a little bit more than they would have in previous years. Uh, they're probably the second best team in Leinster at the moment, mm. which isn't saying much. But Other stories uh, from yesterday. I mean, Roscommon 21, Donegal 9. We know the difficulties in Donegal, but that's the kind of humiliation, really, you, don't, you want to avoid. Yeah, there was a lot of harsh words about Donegal after that match. It confirms that they are relevant from Division 1 which I think everyone expected to happen anyways but I think people thought there might have been a bit of a not even a new manager bounce but just a bit of a bounce back from the week that they had and that clearly wasn't there uh, I mean they're missing a lot of leadership on the pe- on the pitch there was talk um, towards the just before the start of the weekend that Croke Park and the GA are launching an investigation into everything that is going on in Donegal at the moment so that was possibly playing on players minds as well but you just hope that they get their act together before the Ulster Championship starts up and in the hurling, uh, Kilkenny uh, take Cork the, by two goals, 2.22 to 22. And uh, Limerick, 1.28 to Tipperary's 25. Yeah, Tipperary will be disappointed with that one because they were leading by five with half an hour played and went into the break three points ahead and really like let uh, Limerick back into the game. And it's the same thing happened to them against Cork in the Munster League final. Um, so, I mean... We all know how good Limerick are. I don't know if they'll care all that much about facing Kilkenny in this league final, but it is their first time there since 2020, which is kind of surprising when you consider their All-Ireland form as of late. Now, moving on to the women's Six Nations and uh, shocking. Well, not not maybe shocking because we know they were a young team and uh, Wales have been you know, more professional at the game in the past year than uh, Ireland has. No, were there any sevens players in that 15? No, so the sevens players have been completely removed from the 15s now because the focus for them is basically take the best players and put them in the sevens because World Cup qualification in the sevens brings more money in than it does in the 15s. Um, I don't know, it was, I mean, you look at the team, you say it's a young one, like Saif McGraw was the main debutante, but like eight of the starting lineup had 10 caps or fewer that is a very inexperienced team and it really showed like that first half when they went 26-0 down you were just like how big of a drubbing is this going to be now they did make a few changes going into the second half and they managed to hold it back Nicola Friday got the only try of the game but um, the hope for this season or for this tournament was to reach the top three I 
would be very surprised if that's going I mean, to happen. I mean, to now. avoid the wooden spoon is the task. Exactly. Would, and who would take that? Italy. Well, Italy, Italy twenty-two quite well. for France, twelve. You that's know that's not good. a bad showing against France. Yeah, no, that's a really good showing against France. And um, but I think as well with this team, you have to look at like they haven't played a competitive game since the Tour of Japan in the summer. And I know that was seen as a a really great step for the team, but also you can't expect a team not to play for six months and then have this level of inexperience and come in and put in performances against semi-pro and professional teams when they themselves have only been pro a couple of months. So. I think maybe hopefully we can take this with a pinch of salt and hope that the RFU keeps organising more games and bringing more in for this team so that they can get the experience and hopefully bring ourselves up to, I mean, the aim would be to be where, where the men at or where the women were at 10 years ago when they were running Glam Slams and the equivalent of the Triple Crown, even though there isn't technically one in the women's game. And in the men's game, uh, Leinster's uh, winning streak has uh, ended, although they are still unbeaten because it was a 22-22 draw uh, against uh, the Stormers um, and they could have won it. Yeah, I don't know if you watched the whole game, but I kind of had a half eye on it and then realised that they were 17-0 down and I was like, what? When did that happen? You know, Leinster have not gone down by that level at all this season. And for a long time, looked like they were going to suffer their first defeat. Um, Obviously, it is still a different team because the internationals haven't come back since the Six Nations, but Leinster are also the squad with the most depth. There was a particular moment, like there was one moment where one of the Stormers players stole the ball off a Leinster line-out and ran the whole length of the pitch and the actual ability of the Leinster players that laid on in the match to get back and stop a try just before the line I think does actually show the strength and depth in that squad um, but yeah a bit of a fright for them uh, and I mean the other way or the other provinces did all right Connacht 41-26 Ulster 32-23 it was Munster that kind of made, had the main suffering with 38-26 loss to Glasgow Warriors at home which I think is one of the biggest defeats at home that there's been in a while Okay and McElroy just short he got to the semis but didn't quite make the final of the match play Kathleen McNamee from Off the Ball uh, thank you very much The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at 9am on News Talk.